0: Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm the founder and host, Miss Genesis Lamaris Kemp. And with me today is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley. And here's a bit about Dr. Alex. She is a thought leader in outside the box and natural approaches to women's health and hormones, focusing on what she has a selfless syndrome. After suffering her own health challenges that resulted from focusing on everyone and everything but herself, her work turned towards helping other driven women navigate the world of fatigue, thyroid issues, anxiety and depression, difficulty losing weight, gut health and more with the use of medications. She is the founder of Emergent Women Coaching and Health Consulting and is building a business that serves both her clients and her health while helping other women to do the same. She is the host of the podcast Emerge the Health Podcast for Busy High-Performing Women, the creator of the Emergent Women Method and Chrysalis Health Consulting Program and a PhD candidate in integrative medicine through Quantum University. Her mission is to help women break through the constraints imposed by misinformation, society, and a lack of self-worth and step into the awesome power of who they really are. So without further ado, please welcome Dr. Alex Swenson Ridley to GEMS Podcast.
1: so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: My pleasure, Dr. Alex. So before we dive into understanding what selfless syndrome is, um, some of the work that you're doing now to obtain your PhD, we're definitely going to connect with you on a personal level. So I'm going to give you two choices. So one, we could play a rapid fire game, or we could break the ice up front. Which one are you feeling frisky with?
1: Uh, let's see let's break it up front I like to just dive in
0: we're gonna break the ice with Dr. Alex so <laughs> you could share something crazy that you've done in your life or a fun but interesting fact about yourself
1: well let's go fun and interesting because I live in Alaska so. um <laughs> I moved to Alaska 10 years ago to have an adventure and uh, found out I was pregnant three days before I came, which was not part of the plan or the adventure that I intended. So (laughs) here we are. And that's part of my story we can dive into, (laughs) but um, I have an almost nine-year-old son now and I'm still in
0: Alaska. (laughs) Nice. So we were definitely (laughs) going to dive into that. Okay. So out of all the places that you could go in the world, what made you pick Alaska first off?
1: What made me peck Alaska? So I've lived quite a few places, actually. Um, I grew up in Vermont. I went to college in Colorado. I lived in Vienna, Austria for a semester, which was amazing. And then I ended up in Georgia for chiropractic school. And I just really missed the snow and skiing because those were two things that I do all the time. Um, And I'd always wanted to visit Alaska. It's like that, you know, I think everyone has, not everyone, but a lot of people have the pipe dream of like going to Alaska, right? And I was like, well, I'll just move there. (laughs) Why not? So I I did that. And it turns out Alaska is really, really far away (laughs) from like everything else. It's, you know, we have a three hour flight just to get to Seattle and then go anywhere else in the, in the continental US. And it's also huge. So I feel like I could live here forever and still not do all the things or see all the things that you can see. It's, I know you're in Texas, it's three times the size of Texas and people don't realize that from how it's drawn on the map, but
0: wow, it's,
1: it's a big place. So
0: I know we, um, in our family, we want to go on an Alaskan cruise. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe in the summertime. Cause I, Definitely. I'm not a cold person. We did Colorado two years ago for a white Christmas, more so my husband's choice. And it was a good way to just get out. Um, We had just lost my dad in November of 2020. So I was like, oh, okay, let's try something new. But I literally had to have on three layers of clothes because it was that cold.
1: Yeah. If you're not used to it, it's tough. Like, you know, I, I own all the things. I think I've got like three different weights of winter jackets and boots and all that. Cause we have weeks to months where it's 40 below Fahrenheit, which is really cold. <laughs> so yeah.
0: I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll let you have that over there, Dr. Alex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's beautiful.
1: And we get the Northern lights and all of that jazz too. So
0: <laughs> Oh man. Well, it was great to, uh, use that to definitely break the ice because um, it's definitely interesting. I think you're the first person that I've talked to that lives in Alaska and that's on the podcast. So um, definitely interested to hear how the work that you're doing is impacting people in Alaska as well as around the world. So let's start off by explaining what you've dubbed as selfless syndrome
1: yeah, absolutely. Um it's funny I get a lot of pushback from people like isn't being selfless a good thing and I'm like e- yeah. <laughs> However, <laughs> you know, as and I speak specifically to women, um you know, we all tend to have this drive to take care of everyone and everything else and I certainly experienced this as you know, my son was a lot of this came from my own journey. So my son was born 5 weeks early. My my journey to Alaska actually wasn't a super pleasant one. I ended up working for a man who ended up in jail. I think he just recently got out, but he's been in jail for the last 10 years. And so I, and I found out I was pregnant right when I started working for him. So lots of toxic stress. He was a chiropractor and a licensed arms dealer and did some stuff. And so like the Alaska state troopers showed up in their bulletproof vests and like searched the office and seized all of our computers at one point I was there. Um, And then my first husband now ex-husband struggled with alcoholism and so being in Alaska was not, not a good fit. So I got thrown into this. I started a practice when my son or a business when my son was six weeks old and caring for patients. And I'm, you know, very much in the world of just being an empath. And I know a lot of women can relate. Like we have the things that we're committed to, right? We want to take care of our family and we have things we care about that we volunteer for or we're involved in the church or it's just we give and give and give and give and give, but we never give to ourselves. We're always the thing that gets put on the back burner or the thing that we let go it's like oh well I don't need to work out or I don't need that for myself or I don't need to eat <laughs> like who has time for that <laughs> right and so we end up stuck on this cycle where we just keep putting ourselves last and as a result we are not our best self and so we stop being capable of being all the things to all the people because we can't keep going like that so that's cursory, what that, you know, addresses. And a lot of the key to healing is in learning how to make time for ourselves again.
0: Absolutely. And as you were talking, um, I thought about the hamster wheel, because sometimes you're like going and going and going, but there's no end in sight. And it's like, you're just going through these loops and you're on repeat, or some people say autopilot. But then if you even think about it, it's like, who's going to love you more than you? And you can't feel guilty for taking time out to do something that builds you back up. Because if you're busy building everybody else up around you then what are you doing for yourself and before you know it you'll build up resentment and that resentment can easily pop whenever uh, someone hits a trigger or hits a nerve and then they're like oh wow I didn't know you had that in you but no one stopped to say is there anything that I could do for you is there anything that you need help with and sometimes we as women feel like we are there to fix things and we don't necessarily want to ask for help because some women are taught that that's a sign of weakness when in actuality, I think it's a sign of strength to say, Hey, I'm not okay. And I do need help.
1: Yeah. And it's being in tune with ourselves in a way that I think like we are so disconnected and it's, it's, technology, it's relationship like everywhere. And so, so much of the work I do is actually just tuning back into ourselves to ask, what is it that I need? Like, why am I reaching for the chocolate? It's not because you need more chocolate in your life. It's because you're, you're trying to fill an emotional need that has translated into, you know, we, we do things mindlessly trying to nourish ourselves, but they're really not nourishing at all.
0: Um. Absolutely. And I think that's a good um, point to segue into some of the hormonal work that you're working with um, women, as well as the health aspect, because I feel like sometimes women, we go to the doctor and sometimes we listen to the doctor, but we don't see it as a partnership. And I feel like whenever you are working with a physician, whether it is a person that specializes in Western medicine, or you're going the naturopathic route, it should be a conversation between you and your physician. And it should be a partnership to make sure that, okay, whatever they're saying, it's in alignment with your lifestyle and what you actually want to do. And it's not like a ultimatum. So can you talk on that from a physician standpoint and based on the work that you're doing in that area?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um well in my own journey, I started as a chiropractor, but I had my part of my health issues led me away from from doing that. But I also felt limited and boxed in in that realm because there isn't in the Western medicine world and the world of insurance and all of that stuff, there's just no space for an actual partnership or for anything beyond like, here, take this pill. And when we talk about hormones to even get to that point, like you have to be so far gone, you know, our normals on lab testing are generally of a bell curve of a sick population. So normal is actually like you're dysfunctional, but you're somewhat better than everyone else who got tested. right? And, you know, to get to the point where you feel so terrible. And like, you know, your energy is shot and you have no motivation and maybe you're going through menopause and it's absolute hell, or, you know, your periods are off or you suddenly put on a bunch of weight. You can't lose weight. You're working hard. Like all of these things are happening that indicate that our hormones aren't working. Right. But there's no discussion or conversation or often even testing that shows that. So a lot of the work that I do is unearthing a lot of that. Cause a lot of times For women, like we need some validation to say, like, "Oh, this is why it's been so hard (laughs) for me to lose weight, or you know, to have energy, or those things." But also, we have to start to understand how we got there in the first place. And so that is where I come in and really partnering. I, I like the term partnership. Like your health journey should be a partnership, and you have someone to come alongside you and you know help guide you through the process. And a lot of what I do has been a result of my own. Issues where I got about five years into practice and was losing my voice all the time, and my hair was falling out, and I was exhausted. And then I suddenly put on 50 pounds, and I was just like, uh, what? (laughs) And, you know, that led me to a lot of researching and understanding the big thing behind it all is actually stress. You know, stress impacts all aspects of our hormones because it steals our, you know, the precursors to our sex hormones that'll mess up our thyroid. There's, I don't know how technically you want to get on all this stuff, but there's lots of, lots of areas with that. And until we learn how to manage, I don't really like the term manage, but until we learn how to like process and move through the things that cause us to feel stress or even connect to that, we are stressed. Cause I talked to a lot of women that are like, Oh, I'm not stressed. And then they're like, you know, my daughter is autistic and I have to you know, fight with providers constantly to have her quality of life anywhere good. And I'm like, that's a form of stress. (laughs) Yeah. So we have to tune into that and really start to do the work. And it's not easy to, you know, take your life on in that way, but ultimately that's where healing comes from. It's not going to be from someday getting put on hormone replacement therapy or the birth control pill because, or levothyroxine for the rest of your life. Like none of those have to be the option. There's other, other answers out there.
0: Absolutely. And I always feel like you need to get to the root cause of it instead of putting a bandaid on it and thinking that, oh, okay, if I take this pill, then this is going to help when in actually taking that pharmaceutical drug may lead to side effects. And before you know it, you're taking another form of medication to help you overcome some of the side effects that you're facing. And a lot of people don't realize that there are various types of stress, whether it's an environmental stress, physical stress, um, stress, like stress from relationships, there's so many different components of stress. And until you begin to have a conversation, and you begin to get real with yourself, you may never know that you are battling with stress, you may just think that it's normal when in actuality, it's not normal. And then you also mentioned, um, thyroid, a lot of people don't know that thyroids can, you know, affect, the way your entire body functions. There's hypothyroidism, and then there's hyper. So can you talk about some of those? Let's go a little bit deeper there, because I think we could definitely put some context around what you just said, um, Dr. Alex, and then just using yourself as maybe the subject matter expert, as well as maybe some of the other patients without alluding too much information that's proprietary. I would love to bring that into context as well.
1: Yeah. Well, the big thing about thyroid, so there's hypo and hyper, as you said, Um, hypo is more common, like 90% of the population of those who get a thyroid issue are going to be hypo, meaning underactive. And what's weird about it is when you're underactive, the marker that they use to measure thyroid function will go higher. And I'll talk about that in just a second, but just some of the things to think about, you know, one in eight women develop a thyroid issue sometime in their lifetime after menopause, it's one in three. And I think postpartum, it's about one in five. So we have all these opportunities (laughs) for our thyroid to get screwed up. And what I have found, you know, for myself and for most of the women that I work with is there's also this huge issue in that how we look at thyroid in Western medicine is completely inaccurate. (laughs) I'll just go with that. Their range that they use for testing is way too broad. So usually they look at like 0.4 to 5.0 of measuring TSH. And, um, I can get really technical on you, but we'll, we'll try to keep this (laughs) somewhat basic here (laughs) when the reality is, and they've been arguing about it for like 40 years and no one ever changes it. Anything over three with TSH is really showing that your thyroid is not functioning correctly is hypo. However, there's also, there's like three levels that the thyroid works at. So the first TSH measures what's happening in the brain. It's where the pituitary tells, you know, it's sending messages. Your hypothalamus, you know, sends messages to pituitary, which then tells your thyroid to make thyroid hormone. Then it has to produce. So question
0: there. So whenever it's sending the message from your brain to your pituitary gland, are those, those neurotransmitters that are trying to connect the boat to, so your body knows how to properly function? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay, back. So it
1: starts there and we're kind of breaking down what it's the hypothalamus pituitary thyroid access. And there's also a hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access. So stress and thyroid are also combined. Like they both run these parallel loops, but yes, there's neurotransmitters that are sent and say, Hey, tell the thyroid to do this. And so then the thyroid is supposed to do this. And what it does is it, it releases both T4 and T3, but it's only a little bit of T3. And so most of what's released by the thyroid is T4, which is not the usable form of thyroid hormone in your body. And so all the T4 goes to your gut where it's converted to T3. So when I look at thyroid, and so, so often in Western medicine, they only look at TSH, which is only telling us what's going on with the brain and your brain basically telling your pituitary to tell your thyroid to do something. And they don't look at the other part of the chain. And so I find, and, you know, they'll only measure that. So they'll say, oh, your TSH is fine. So you're fine. And what I have found both with myself and with the majority, like eight, 90, I'd say 90% of my clients, if they don't already have a hypothyroid diagnosis, they actually are hypothyroid. Or I've even ha- found, like I found Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune version of thyroid. So it's where your body started producing antibodies against that affect your thyroid. Um, and that's the hypoversion. Graves is the hyperversion where it's overactive. But you know, I find that their thyroid is actually completely jacked up <laughs> and not working correctly. And so we call that subclinical hypothyroidism because everything can look normal. But my rule of thumb is if you have symptoms, and so some of those symptoms are like if you've gone hypo, you know, it's hard to lose weight, you're always cold, you might go hoarse, your hair is falling out your energy is shot. Um, and these are all things that I've experienced myself. Um, and then hyper thyroid, you know, women tend to not complain cause they lose, like lose weight easily. It's hard to put weight on. There's other things like their eyeballs can be kind of bulgy and that's a sign of, um, Graves disease, but yeah. So that's the, the big picture.
0: <laughs> well, and that's an interesting picture because some some women may not necessarily pay attention to those things, and they may not necessarily link it to their thyroid. They may think that it's something else that is masking um, the fact that thyroid. And do you see, like, from a physician standpoint, that people easily confuse thyroid um, disorders or diseases with stress factors? Um, potentially, well, because they go hand
1: in hand, and so it can be hard to differentiate. You know which. Is which, um, and, or like if your sex hormones are off, meaning estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, that can somewhat mimic some of the things that happen with thyroid being off too. However, I've can say like using the rule of thumb that if you have symptoms, you have a thyroid problem that's true, like across the board. So no matter what your labs say, we can assume that if you have, if you can check off and there's checklists online, you can find there's more symptoms than what I just named, but if you can check those all off, you can assume that your thyroid's not working well, regardless of what your testing says. And, you know, I, I test a lot more extensively than Western medicine does because they, like I said, will usually just look at TSH. So if you're listening to this and you have symptoms and no one's ever checked it or they've only checked TSH, or your TSH was over three, but they told you you were fine. Then your thyroid's not actually working. <laughs>
0: so, oh, nice. So that's yeah. also a very good educational piece to leave with the listeners as well as the viewers. And Dr. Alex, when did you start Emergent Women Coaching? And with you starting this field, do you think that you will add in your studies from your PhD, like the quantum physics oh, yeah. and the integrative medicine, into it, and just package it nicely.
1: Yeah. So to be honest, I already have. um, And that's where, because, you know, we can talk about, oh, your thyroid's not working or this or that. And then it becomes, what do you do with it? Because I don't medicate and I don't like using supplements as medication. Like even naturopathic doctors can fall into the realm of, we're still treating a symptom with a supplement, right? It's just not a medication. Um, So, you know, in the world of like we, I think we were talking before we hit record, I'm just finishing a PhD in quantum physics, integrative medicine, that's based in quantum physics, which brings this whole other realm to the conversation of looking at not just our physical symptoms, but also the things that have gotten us there and really getting into root cause and, you know, emotional healing. So I actually end up doing quite a bit of work you know, as we detox the body, it's like, I have women be like, Oh, I had trauma 40 years ago. I've never ever talked to anybody about, and I'm ready to deal with that now. Like the the amount of stuff that we can release and just let go of. And I've done this work with myself. So, you know, looking at just thyroid, for example, you know, I, I recently have started doing more with, I don't, I don't like using the word energy healing. Cause it, it has like weird connotations in the Christian like circles the that I'm part of, but like, not woo, woo, you know, not, ch- but just connecting with, we have energy centers in our body and places where there's more energy, they've measured it. And we have organs attached to those. And so the fifth center is where our throat is and where our thyroid sits. And I've been doing a lot of work on just kind of connecting and moving through those and feeling the emotions. And as I was connecting the lower Four, I got to the fifth and it was just like, Nope, we're, we're not doing that. <laughs> and so, you know, through journaling and all this stuff, I started to unearth, like, I have never felt comfortable expressing my emotions. It has a lot to do from my childhood and how I was raised and my mom, not really being emotionally available or my dad for that matter. And so I learned how to just never speak how mm-hmm. I was feeling. And all of that creates a block in energy here. And So I'm like, Oh, no wonder why my thyroid hasn't been working. And so I, I get more on that level with people and a lot of my clients and, you know, patients that have done this kind of work goes into that. And integrative medicine is really bringing in a lot of different, like all of the different philosophies and more natural forms of healing, like Chinese medicine. And I've learned a lot about, you know, neuroscience and quantum neurofeedback mm-hmm. and stuff. So is that incorporated in what I do? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> have, at the time we're recording this, I'm in this like kind of weird space where I it's all coming together, but it's like, who am I really? And like how how do I, you know, marry all this together? But it's going to come out in my dissertation, which I'm going to start writing next week. So um well, yeah. congratulations
0: yeah. there. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And- This is actually so interesting because as you were talking about it, like and you were talking about the fifth area, it reminded me of the chalk, the chakras. And I think there are seven chakras. And then when you were talking about the neuroscience piece of it, I factored in NLP. So neuro linguistics programming, and then some people who focus on the energy healing, it's um, they talk about the uh, being a Reiki master and just learning that. And then whenever I hear you mention the integrative um, medicine piece, I think about encompassing all of the different modalities into one, and that could be your COE, your center of expertise or your center of excellence, where you're incorporating all the various learnings that you've done, whether it's Western medicine, naturopathic um, medicine, the holistic, and then Some of the herbal remedies like acupuncture, I've done acupuncture, I've done chirotherapy and just different stuff like that versus, you know, just saying, oh, no, I'm just going to take this drug. And it definitely helped because whenever I got banged up in a car accident a few years ago, I was like literally going to the chiropractor. It was like four times a week. And then whenever insurance stopped paying for it. It's a hell of a lot, especially here in the U.S. I was like, I can't pay for this out of pocket. And then so I started to look for other ways to heal myself. And I feel like we as women should be thinking about all the different um, things that are out there and not just being so quick to jump on the bandwagon of pharmaceuticals. And then another doctor that I had on my show a while back, Dr. Alex, we even talked about The benefits of medical marijuana, and he was uh, mentioning how he is a proponent of it, and he prescribes it to some of his patients. And I even asked what was his thoughts for cancer patients because sometimes chemo, um, chemo and radiation, sometimes it it does help cure the cancers, but it can have like a harm on women's body. And sometimes women who go through the chemo and radiation, they may not be able to naturally produce eggs or whatever the case may be, and they really want to be a mom yeah so well
1: coming at the cancer conversation actually from more of the quantum perspective um and there is like there's a growing body of research and so this is really where my wheelhouse is and what i'm passionate about is how our emotions end up impacting our physical body and so there's there's a huge connection with cancer between like holding on to bitterness and resentment and not being able to forgive and the growth of cancer whether you know anywhere in your body and and I also, I want to preface this with like, there's a time and a place for Western medicine, like, right. Like we have incredible, when you had a car accident, for example, like if I'm bleeding on the side of a road, <laughs> we live, the U S is the best place to live. Cause we have incredible emergency medicine. It's just what happens after that. And our chronic health issues that are more, what people are struggling with and suffering from are not really answered in a pill because it's not covering the base of, of where we need to get to. So, and with that said, there are so many avenues and routes and like, you know, personally I gravitate towards, you mentioned NLP neuro-linguistic programming. Like I've learned some of that. I've learned hypnotherapy. I really gravitate towards meditation and doing, you know, inner work in order to heal and all of that, but whatever it looks like, you know, you have to address yourself in more than just the oh, I have cancer. So we're going to radiate and kill everything in the body. Cause that's essentially what chemo and radiation does. Is there a time and a place for it? Yes. But if you really want to heal and recover, you also have to work on what do I need to release? What am I, you know, holding on to? what is, what's, what's the thing I can't let go of. That's keeping my body stuck and vibrating at a lower frequency than what it should. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it absolutely makes sense. And man, I'm just looking at the time We're we're coming to our our end of our segment. So I'm definitely going to have to have you back, Dr. Alex, if you're available for a part two, because there's so many questions I want to (laughs) ask. No, (laughs) for sure. We just like scratched the tip of the (laughs) iceberg. So Dr. Alex, um, I want you to share one challenge that you face from doing the work that you're doing now and just helping um, women who, are coming to you, see things from a different vantage point, because I think it's all, it's very important to talk about those challenges because those challenges are just that they're challenges and they're temporary, but as long as you work on it with somebody else, you can overcome those um, challenges. So you can live your life free, whole liberated, and fully healthy.
1: Yeah. So honestly, the biggest one I found for both myself and my clients is just learning how to tune in and connect with ourselves again. Like we talked about at the beginning, knowing what it is that we need and pausing long enough. Cause we stay so busy. I mean, I've, I've been the single mom running a seven figure practice coaching soccer and like, who knows what else playing violin and my worship team at church. Like I've been there and know so many women who are in that place. And we have to be willing to before something comes and knocks us off that hamster wheel, we have to be willing to pause long enough and just start to ask ourselves these questions. And as you do that, I think you'll start to unearth and, you know, whether it's with somebody or not, you start to figure out what um, what direction you should be going. Does that answer that? Kind yes, of sort of? It- yeah, it, it
0: it does. And um, I like the fact that you said just taking a step back and just really pausing and connecting with ourselves. And you mentioned that you were a big proponent of meditation. And I think meditation is great because it's a way to slow us down and really get still and just do the inner work. And as long as you do the inner work, then it's going to materialize um, externally because I feel like we're just busy people by nature. But then I ask, like when I work with some of my coaching clients, I ask them, are you just being busy to say you're busy or are you intentional with the busy (laughs) that you're doing? Yeah. Because sometimes we could just fill our plate so full that we don't even have time to really listen to that discernment, that still small voice. Or like, I like to say, the Holy spirit is talking to us, but we're not even listening, listening to him because we're just trying to, you know, get ahead of the rat race.
1: Yeah. And, you know, connecting it to our spirituality, faith, whatever you want to call it. um, I've gotten some pushback from, you know, people who identify themselves as Christian or meditation. And this is, um, meditation is new to me. Cause I'm also, I've been that woman that's like, I don't have 30 minutes or 45 minutes to be quiet and not be interrupted. Like I homeschool and all this stuff, but I found so much benefit in doing it once, since I started. And I've learned that the longer I can do it, the more benefit I get, like I wear an aura ring. And so it'll actually measure me going back to sleep, even when my mind is active. And I'm like, that is so cool. I can geek out on this for hours, but I also feel more connected to God because I feel like even when I would pray or something, it's all very cerebral and we're not like really engaged in it. We're still thinking about all this other stuff. And, you know, when we can slow down in that way, the connection's even higher and greater. And, you know, we, we end up tapping into cool things. So I'm completely geeked out of meditation right now, if you can't
0: tell. Absolutely. And then uh, one thing that I want to add here for the listeners and viewers, for those of you who are thinking about, you know, tapping into meditation, there are so many great free apps out there on your phone, whether you're using iOS or Android, there's guided meditation where it will guide you along. There's other different forms of meditation. And then for those who are interested in yoga, yoga was a great way that I got introduced to meditation and it was so beneficial and it was just a way for me to like, just help reconnect condition my body to but then also to slow down my mind because I'm very like go 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 and I think it's because my background's oil and gas and energy and when you're running million dollar wells a day or you're trying not to shut down a chemical plant you have to be on your a game because no one wants to hear that you shut down a million dollar or more project. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and if you
1: are, you know, in that kind of role, if you can take that quiet time like this, out, like this, you will be on your A game um, for sure. And I was going to share how I got started. It was actually, there's an app called FitMind. It's not free, but you can try it for free, but it really walked through like the scientific basics of meditating. And you start at like one minute. And I was like, okay, I can do one minute. And then, you know, over time it, it got easier. So just for anybody listening, that's when I like um yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We all have a minute to spare. Like if you're in the bathroom, you can use one minute. Like <laughs> I tell people if you're on your throne, your body throne. You're hiding
1: from your family, which is what I do in there.
0: <laughs> what are oh, you man. doing? I'm
1: like I'm not paying
0: attention to you. No. <laughs> Dr. Alex, I want to give you the opportunity to leave our listeners and viewers with your call to action for this segment, whether you want to challenge them to take action step, or you want to encourage them to follow you on social media so they can learn more about you and the work that you're doing, or whatever the case may be. Let's challenge our listeners and viewers, because if you're not challenged, if you're not learning, then you're not growing. Yeah.
1: And if you're just listening and not taking action, you can listen all day long, but it's someday you got to stop and do something. Right. So, um, the best way to connect with me, I have a, a free group on Facebook, not that I love Facebook, but that's where it lives right now, uh, <laughs> called emergent women. And I can get you the link to put in the show notes. But, um, since we talked about the thyroid, I actually have a free guide and, a, called the thyroid cheat sheet that goes over like what your lab should actually look like and a workshop I did over a couple of weeks in that group um, that can just kind of answer some of those questions, especially if you're curious about that, but that would be the best place to connect because I go live every week. So
0: amazing. And I'll definitely put that, um, link in the show notes when you send it over to me and outside of Facebook, are you on any other social media platforms or do you want to plug your website for your business?
1: Yeah. Um, outside of, I'll be honest, I pay people to do social media for me (laughs) because I'm just over it, but I'm on Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, and I'll, I can get you those links, but the best other place to connect with me would actually—I have a podcast as well as you mentioned, so um, I have episodes and have these kind of conversations and whatnot every week on there. So.
0: And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEM's podcast. Our guest today was Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. So you could definitely plug in with her or the VA's that's running her social media.
1: <laughs> and eventually,
0: <laughs> And I definitely challenge you to share this segment and subscribe to the podcast. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see the video component on YouTube at GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank each one of you for supporting the mission of GEMS, which is to educate, inspire, and motivate while we bridge the gap for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. We're currently ranked in the top 3% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts. For www.listennotes.com. And we are looking for brand sponsors. So you can find out more information by heading on over to my website, which is genesisamariskemp.net and plug in there. But until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Go out and take the challenge and learn something about yourself. Connect with your body, mind, body, and soul. Practice that stillness and meditate so you can operate at your highest level of energy. Thank you for listening to another segment of Gems Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to Gems Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis and Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor.